Welcome to Changed for Good, Life Elevated Through Christ with LSI Studios. In this podcast, we explore the ways in which Jesus Christ can make a lasting and elevated change in our lives. Because of Him, we can become more than we were and also receive grace for where we are on our journey. I'm your host, Britta Benyon. Welcome, Elder Johnson and Sister Johnson. So grateful that you are both here today and that you agreed to talk with us. So grateful for your time. I just wanted to start off by having you share a little bit about yourselves and let us know a little bit about your background. We are currently living in Reno, Nevada. We were both raised in the uh, Boise, Idaho area. Um, We have been married since 1979, however many years that is, <laughs> 40, going on 43 years. Awesome. Uh, we have eight children. Our youngest is deceased. We have 27 Seven. grandchildren as of right now with more coming on the way. Um, awesome. as, as mentioned, we live in uh, Reno, Nevada, and uh, we're here on assignment uh, at the state conference, at the Prescott Valley State Conference. And we're grateful to be here. Wonderful. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing? Um, maybe where religion played a role in your life as well. As Nephi said, uh, I was born of goodly parents. Um, and parents who were active in the gospel, active in raising their family, active in uh, church assignments, and that's the kind of background that I had. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, too was born of, of goodly parents, but my parents were not active in the church. Um, I guess growing up, you could say I was one of those who went to church on Christmas and went to church on Easter. And it wasn't until... I was a junior in high school that my family became active in the church temporarily. Okay. (laughs) Temporarily, and what what brought that about? Well, I'm sure that back then, my family was probably brought up in some meeting somewhere Hmm. that we were on the rolls of the church, and we needed to be friendshiped and fellowshiped. And... As that took place, my family became more active in the church at that time. And started going to church. And yes. Awesome. And then um, from there, for, for you, I guess, where mm-hmm. did your testimony um, kind of take off? What, was, what did coming to Christ look like for you? Where was it that you felt you had a conversion to him? Oh, it was probably in high school mm-hmm. that... Um, my conversion started. Um, I started reading the Book of Mormon. Um, we didn't do it as a family, but I did it. Hmm. And as I read the Book of Mormon, um, the Spirit testified to me that that this church was true. And so, that being said, I sought out to go to church at many times. I would be sitting alone but there were great ward members that came and 
friendship and fellowship to me. So I had my word family. Mm-hmm. That's really wonderful. That's so neat. And, and I think it's so beautiful that you were able to come to that testimony of the Book of Mormon just on your own, just by reading it and making that decision to, to move forward in, in your progression in drawing closer to the Savior. That's so beautiful. And uh, Brother Johnson, I guess for you, you said that your family was active in the church. Um, but where would you say maybe your conversion story happened? I always believed. I always had believing blood, never doubted. Mm-hmm. But I believe true conversion took place on my mission uh, as a full-time missionary. Experiences, challenges that forced me to go to the Lord were it was almost out of desperation and where the Lord would answer those prayers and I would recognize his hand in my life. And more importantly, I would feel the spirit Mm -hmm. where I truly recognized that the Holy Ghost was testifying to me, was teaching me. Words can't describe that feeling, but you know it when it's happening. And as a result of those experiences, I would have to say that it was my full-time mission where true conversion took place. Not only believing, but committing to serving the Lord and doing, striving to do what He would want us to do. Yeah. Now, on a mission, you're engrossed in the gospel, right? Because you are studying it constantly. It's, exact, it's all you do all day long, which is wonderful. And it's such a beautiful experience. How did you keep that going Um, When you came back from your mission, how did that continue moving forward for you? Well, two or three uh, things that I believe were key. One is the continued daily devotional of scripture study and prayer. Now, as a missionary, you've got two or three hours that you're studying the scriptures, either by yourself, with your companion, or language study. Uh, As a non-missionary, you don't have that kind of time, but we can still be in the scriptures and on our knees praying every day. Uh, Even if we only have 20 or 30 minutes, there is time to have that daily devotional. So that daily devotional, I think, is critical. Secondly, I was blessed in that uh, leaders would give me things to do, assignments that tested me. And uh, when you're tested, that makes you have to rely upon the Lord for guidance and so to continue to serve that that was a, a blessing and then third thing is within uh, oh a few months after returning from my mission I met my wife and uh, she uh, has kept me on the straight and narrow as much as she can uh, <laughs> during that time so those are the three things that have continued to foster uh, that conversion process and it's a process it's ongoing it is yeah I agree. I think that, and I guess that's why I bring that up, because I think that it's so important that we know it's ongoing. It's, it's, not, it's not a one-time event. Right. Now, a one-time event may initiate the process, mm-hmm. but it continues. Uh, and regardless of our age, regardless of where we start from, regardless of uh, what our background or upbringing was, yeah. it's more important, okay, what direction are we headed and it's a continuum direction. Definitely, yeah. And well, and since we're on this topic, I kind of did a little bit of 
thoughts, a thought org before we came together, but I loved the way Elder Renlund said this. He says, God invites us to cast our old ways completely out of reach and begin a new life in Christ. When he's speaking of conversion, can you speak to that a little bit? Like maybe what that might look like to cast away our old ways as we're trying to become converted and um, developing into a new life. I believe, again, that's not a one-time event, but I do believe that we give are given opportunities in the course of life where we reach certain points, waypoints, if you will, mm-hmm. where you're forced to look back and make course corrections, make course adjustments, repent, and commit to try and do better, try to live differently. Mosiah chapter 3, verse 19 talks about putting off the natural man uh, mm-hmm. and becoming a saint. Now, there are things that we can do on our own to do that, to become a saint. But for that to really happen, it requires the atonement of Jesus Christ in there. So yeah. we make the effort to repent. We make the effort to change and then trust in the Lord and his grace to allow us to, to be sanctified and continue on. Yeah. And that's beautiful. I think, like you said, it is a process. It's something that we are continually doing. Do you want to speak to that maybe a little bit, Sister um, Johnson? Well, I, I knew when I was at that age, um, being both active and inactive, mm-hmm. I knew for a surety what I wanted for my future and what I didn't want. And so as I looked for those things that I wanted, to have, um, they were found within the church. They were found with, within the people there. They were found within the covenants. I wanted a temple marriage. That was important to me. I wanted an eternal family. I wanted to have a, a priesthood holder that um, would honor his priesthood and be able to bless our family. I wanted um, to be able to raise my kids in the gospel and be able to partake of those blessings that are out there for all of us. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I couldn't find those things outside of the church. So my thought and my action was to swing it towards um, the church and look for those things that were important to me Yeah, that I would know would have eternal value. Absolutely. Did you have maybe examples in your life of people who were living that that helped you see that vision? Ooh. That was before other soul. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of good people, mm-hmm. and they did a lot of good, but they didn't have the gospel. Hmm. And so I took the good from what they were showing me, mm-hmm. and I took and grabbed hold of that, but I knew it wasn't what was going to carry me to the end of the row. It wasn't going to get me my temple covenants. It wasn't going to have a temple marriage. Yeah. But they did offer good things and good qualities. And so I would grab onto those, and then hopefully I took those into my life to further us on. Yeah, definitely. Well, and it, there's there's so much good out there, as you say, that we can grab hold of. But I love that your focus was so riveted on the temple. Um, and maybe for our listeners, why, why was that such a big drive for you, um, for that temple? I mean, you've mentioned that there's covenants and that there's eternal marriage and eternal families, families that go on, um, that are sealed together for eternity. And that kind of was, 
was what drove you a little bit more to... I, I don't activity. know why, because I I didn't really grow up around a temple. Yeah. Um, hmm. But as I did reading, I could see that that's what I wanted, and to look at people in the church that I admired, and I saw what they had in their families, that's what I wanted, and I attached that to um, yeah. the temple. And, and so it was by their examples. Mm-hmm. That's so neat, and that's so... It's such a beautiful reminder for us of what our example does to influence others. Um, maybe can you guys think of a specific story in your life where you've seen the gospel of Christ in action, where you've seen um, his hand moving in your life and um, how it's changed you, like, like a specific example of where um, living the gospel has helped you become A specific example. I I don't know if this fits, but I think just before we were called to preside over a mission, um, we were going in a direction with work, with family, that we knew a change was needed. But we didn't know what that change would be. But we knew that a change was necessary. And as almost to the day that we agreed that we had to do something different, even though we didn't know what it was. It was that day that we received an indication that we would be assigned to serve as mission president and wife. Wow. And, uh, and so I guess that would be one example. Yeah, that's really cool. And I mean, where were you in your life at that point? How old were your kids? Our we had two daughters who were married yes. okay. at the time, and uh, two daughters who were just finishing high school, getting ready for college. Uh, teacher age son, uh, soon to be deacon Deep age in. son, and a, and a nine year old nine year old daughter. Okay, and. Uh, it was mm-hmm. with with work was so consuming that I was unable mm-hmm. to spend time with the family like I would like. Mm-hmm. We were we just didn't have good direction. Uh, decisions need to be made. Our kids needed to make decisions. We were unable to make those for some reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we found out mm-hmm. that's the reason why is because the Lord had something in, in store for us. Yeah, it um, sounds almost like there was this struggle before. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Okay. Yeah. And we have found that before great blessings come into our lives, there are struggles. Definitely. Um, and whether it's mm-hmm. a proving or a testing or a whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whipping, it whipping to get us in shape, I don't know. Um, yeah. But we have found that to be the case. For sure. So. Well, and I can, I can see that in my life, too. You know, I'm... Old enough where I can look back and recognize those things, those events, and those times where um, things were very hard, things were sh- a struggle, but blessings came because of it. And it's such a a beautiful thing to see Christ working in your life in that way, and the atonement working in your life. Um, did you have an example that you thought of? Um, Not right. I was well. I, you know, I also think the passing of our infant son 
oh. and, and how we knew beforehand that there was a chance that that would take place mm -hmm. and how that blessed our family in oh. preparing for that. Tremendously. We didn't know how long he would be with us. We didn't even know it was he at the time. We yeah. didn't, uh, but we, we didn't uh, know how long, and but how it prepared our family, brought our family together. And then when the event took place, how our family, all of us were able to be together for that, those few hours that he was with us. And, uh, but just in the yeah. fact that he is still in our family, even though- And his though, influence is still felt. His influence is still wow. felt. And, and so that has been a blessing to us as well. Yeah. And again, like what a struggle, like a challenge, like a, such a hard, mm -hmm. hard thing to go through. Um, but you, you see the blessings from it or the, is, the beauty the, behind the it. The net effect has been a great blessing. So, hmm. Yes. That's really, really neat. And two, when you're going through tri trials like that, when you get to the end of your rope, the Lord always puts somebody or something in place yeah. to let you hang on just a little bit longer. So with our son, many doctors and nurses that people put in place to help us. Yeah, yeah that's so wonderful. Um, and going back to the, the call to be mission president and wife, mm -hmm. um, where did you guys serve? Did you have to leave or move your family? Mm -hmm. Where did you go? We uh, were called to serve in Brazil, the Porto Alegre oh, wow. South Mission, the very southern tip of Brazil. Uh, we have about four or five months to get all of our affairs in order. Wow. So we had to do, and the bulk of that fell upon Kelly. We were blessed to receive the call, but then a new mountain of challenges came yeah. in getting ready because sure. of visa issues to get the kids ready for with visas yeah. and vaccinations and all the records mm -hmm. that the Brazilian government required for our family, uh, getting our work situation taken care of mm -hmm. where I could step mm -hmm. away for three years. Uh, we ended up mm -hmm. selling our home. Um, mm -hmm. And so all of that was taking place. It was a very yeah. hectic time. And, and we honestly wondered if we were going to be able to be ready to go. But at the Lord, He had called us. He had provided the way. He Absolutely. didn't make it easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we, we were there, ready to go on time. And so that was a blessing for us. That's so neat. And I think uh, you mentioned, I don't know, just the, <laughs> that there was the struggle leading up and then okay, this is where we're going to go now. And then there was the struggle after that. Yes. And then I'm sure even the mission it, itself I'll, I'll wasn't you, always we, easy. We got, we got <laughs> but, because of the struggles, we really didn't have time to contemplate hmm. about being mission leaders. Yeah, We were trying to take care of, get everything ready. And we got to the uh, mission president seminar, the mission leader seminar, we're associating, rubbing shoulders with these wonderful, newly called mission presidents, confident, experienced. Uh, you know, they knew how to answer the questions in the training. We're sitting there just wondering, what have we gotten ourselves into? Why us? We would get at the end of the night when we'd go into our room, we would wonder, well, how are we going to be able to do this? And that feeling persisted wow. uh, for days. 
we got through the mm -hmm. seminar. We went mm -hmm. to, uh, they took us to uh, Sao Paulo for some training with the area presidency and then to our, our assigned area there in southern Brazil. And I still remember as that plane is approaching Porto Legate, I'm sitting f down in my seat further and further, praying that that plane would just keep circling. <laughs> I was not ready to face what we were having to face. Mm -hmm. That feeling <laughs> persisted. We got there, we had our kids, we had 30-some pieces of luggage. Yeah, we, had, we took five kids with us. Yeah. and yeah. Uh, 30 pieces of luggage. And <laughs> we got there, and the first night, uh, an elder mm -hmm. called his companion, as it turns out, had appendicitis. We had no idea what to do. So anyway, <laughs> that continued. Well, shortly after that, just within a few days, the area president, Elder Mervyn B. Arnold, came bless his heart he came and spoke to our missionaries and he gave, taught us a principle taught he was teaching the missionaries a principle he said that whenever a member of the 12 instructs him or gives a suggestion to him his mind says consider it done in, in portuguese it means consider it done when he said that that sunk into our hearts we didn't have to be the smartest people in the world. We didn't have to be the greatest inventors of, of things. We could be obedient to what we were being instructed to do. Mm -hmm. And that we've adopted that. Kelly has a plaque that she's made up in our home, Jafeto. We can do that. A great sense of relief and comfort came to us and it guided us throughout our mission and guides us today. We can be obedient to the counsel of our, of our leaders. And if we do that, we'll be all right. And yeah. so that has blessed us. And what a great example of what you spoke to earlier, where somebody placed, or God placed somebody in your path, in yes. your, in, in the struggle that, that blessed you, that said that, th that thing that you needed to hear, right? That, mm -hmm. that one. That's, that saved us. It really did. Wow. That's so neat. And, and I think so many people can relate to that, where it's, it's, it's so hard, um, to feel like you're not enough or that you are, why, why were we called or why has this happened? Whatever it is, like there's, there's so many uh, ways that we can feel insecure or inadequate, but um, God makes up the difference. He really does. And he really steps in. And especially if you're putting your trust in him and if you're, you're being obedient, like you're saying, then, then he provides the way. Um, I think we're out of time, but it was so wonderful <laughs> oh, to talk to both of you. And thank, thank you, you so much for being here. Well, it's been an honor. Yeah. And, and we were excited to listen to you some more. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right. Well, thank thanks you. again. Elder Ren S. Johnson is serving as an Area 70 in Reno, Nevada. Area 70s are leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, called by the First Presidency to be a special witnesses and to assist the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles in building up the church and regulating all the affairs and preaching and administering the gospel in their assigned areas. His lovely wife, Kelly, supports and works alongside him. I want to thank our guest again for being here today. I pray that as you listened, the Spirit whispered to you the specific actions you can take as you move forward in your daily life. I know Christ is there and that following those promptings will bring you closer to Him and to lasting and elevated change. May God be with you in your journey. To find out more, visit us at lsistudios.com and to learn more about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, 
visit comeuntochrist.org or reach out to us.